Good afternoon. I'll apologize uh, here at the beginning. Uh, we've had a little trouble, or I've had a little trouble with the recorder um, the last couple of weeks, and I apologize that we didn't get sermon material up sooner. Um, that's my fault. And um, so I'm doing this from my desk today, but I want to share some of the material from last week's sermon um, because I think it's very applicable to, to right now in this time frame that we're in. And I want to start by telling you the title. And the title of the sermon was, God is in Control. And um, I believe that we all believe as Christians that God is in control. Um, however, it is interesting that we are in very much unprecedented times. Um, we're in the midst of travel bans, uh, school closings, untold cancelizations, um, you know, uh, uh, universities. I know my children are on, uh, both of them in college are now on online learning for the rest of the semester. Um, and not to mention just the angst and the fear um, that comes along with something of this nature. Um, I think that... Um, you know, it causes us pause, um, it gives us, you know, uh, some, some I don't know, feelings of just, if we're not careful, just downright fear. Um, you know, I showed a, a picture in the sermon of two gentlemen walking on tight ropes, sort of, each of them sort of balancing the world between them, and, and the title of the slide was Unprecedented Risks. You know, we really do live in a world that has changed for many of us. You know, I'm 50 years old, and and while that may not be ancient, the world has certainly changed within my lifetime. You know, um, I, I remember buying gas for my first automobile. I remember paying, you know, 85 cents a gallon. Um, we never worried about having our identity stolen because, you know, we just used cash. <laughs> so, so the idea that our world is the same place, it's not the same place. We're much more technologically advanced. Uh, our social media presence and the, the ability to disseminate news uh, worldwide, um, obviously, it's a much different time. And, you know, um, back in the year right around 1918, um, when the Spanish influenza swept the globe, you know, um, there would not have been the news coverage that this particular virus has received, and people just would not have been as in the know. So things have definitely changed. It's a, it's a complicated place. It's a complicated world in some ways. Um, and we are facing unprecedented times and unprecedented risks. And really, I am hopeful and was hopeful that in the sermon, you know, that I could provide a measure of confidence. But honestly, it's not Tim Day that's providing this measure of confidence. Um, it's Jesus Christ and God the Father. Um, God loves us, and He is in control, and He is all-powerful and mighty and righteous and holy and honorable and majestic. You know, I don't have enough adjectives to describe God the Father. And Jesus Christ, His Son, was willing to go to the cross and die and suffer for us because of the love that He had not only for His Father, but the love that he and his father have for creation. So we need to keep some of these things in mind. Now, within the sermon, 
um, it was our privilege to ask the elders to participate, all three of them, at a different juncture, prayed. Uh, and I want to say that I do believe we have excellent eldership. I believe each one of those men care deeply for this flock and would be willing to sacrifice or willing to work hard for our benefit. And Greg Day came up at this juncture and prayed um, that we would have confidence, that we would be confident during this time of trial based on the promises that God gives to us and the, the ability that we have to be confident through our faith. So after Greg had finished praying his prayer, I shared a verse from Hebrews chapter 3. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. We do not want to forget that we are the body of Christ, and we can hold firmly to confidence. We can hold firmly to a solid hope, because Christ is faithful. At this juncture, and sometimes in these trying times, one of the things that we need to be able to do as Christians is we need to be able to turn I can't into I can. And when I think about this notion of can, I'm reminded of a passage in the book of Philippians written by the Apostle Paul, who, as we know, was a great and mighty worker for the Lord. And he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I want to reiterate that verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. All Christians everywhere, whether it is a time of plenty or a time of want, whether it is a season of success or a season of distress, we all need to remember that we can accomplish and we can have confidence through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The reality is that this particular juncture in the scripture, Jesus Christ was getting ready to go to the cross. He was getting ready to suffer, die, he was going to be resurrected. He was going to walk on the earth for approximately 40 days, and then he was going to ascend to sit on the right hand of his Father in heaven. But his disciples, when he told them some of these things, and when he began to talk to them, they were afraid. They were afraid. The fear of the unknown. The fear of what happens next. Where will we go? What direction will we take? These are natural human emotions. And, and this was a juncture in the sermon where I wanted everyone to understand that Jesus tells us not to be afraid. 
But I don't want people to feel guilty or to have a sense of shame if they have a moment of fear. Fear is an emotion that we were endowed with from our Creator. I believe that every I believe that we are as we exist because we were made this way by God. I don't want anyone to feel guilty if they've been a little bit afraid in the last few weeks. You know, when I sat down and worked on this sermon, not this week, but last week, part of the reason I wanted to work through the sermon was because I wanted to work through my own emotions as well. I think it's interesting or fascinating when we sometimes want folks, whether they be elders or whether they be whether they be preachers or whether they be leaders, we want them to seem that they have no fear, that they have no moment of questioning, or that they don't suffer through any angst. Um, because that's just not true. We all do. And fear is a natural human emotion. Now, dehabilitating fear is is not good. And maybe that creates or comes from a situation where we lack the proper focus. But the reality of this is, is that many people have felt a sense of fear in the last few weeks, a sense of uncertainty, a sense of urgency, perhaps. Living things live. It's what we know, and it's what we do, and we're good at it. And don't forget and maybe you don't know this, but I have a degree in biology. Biology, the study of living things. Um, I don't want anyone who may be listening to this to feel guilty if you've had or if you've had to work through your own emotions um, about this and what's going on in the world around us. Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. It was at this juncture right here that I asked Mark Fields to come forward, another of our elders, and he prayed. And he prayed for the congregation. He prayed for the body of God's believers. He prayed for the chosen. He prayed for the elect. He prayed for the body of Christ, of which we are all members. And he prayed that we would have peace, that we would have a peace that exceeds anything that we can understand. And the reality is, is that as Christians, no matter how bad things may get, it is possible that God can fill our hearts and our minds with a peace that doesn't even necessarily make sense. How can you have this peace in such a tumultuous time? You can have this peace because inside of you is the Spirit of God, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit. Maybe at this juncture... You might want to pause just for a moment and pray for this peace. Now, the conclusion, because I didn't really give you the conclusion of this passage. You know, we kind of left off with, then you will experience a peace that surpasses understanding. But if you continue, the passage actually says, 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The reality is this peace that surpasseth understanding, not only will it give you this feeling of, you know, of, of, of content, this feeling of everything's going to be okay, not only will it give you that, but it will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And maybe this is a juncture where, as Daniel mentioned on Sunday to the congregation, maybe a little less social media presence, maybe a little less watching of the news, maybe a little less of 24-7 gloom and doom, and maybe a little bit more prayer and a little bit more reading the Bible and a little bit more of being at peace uh, in your spirit. And this peace will not only give you the ability to cope, but it will guard your heart and your mind. And that, brothers and sisters, is, is huge. We talked about being under the umbrella of God's protection. And the reality is, I want everyone to know that God is almighty. God is all-powerful. God can protect us in whatever capacity uh, he chooses. Um, Now, we know, we know that good people might still get sick. So if we look at this this I know this notion or idea this this umbrella of protection what are we really looking at well I think we need to have a sense of clarity here which is one of the last items that we'll talk about but I think we need to understand this umbrella of protection ultimately is spiritual God guarantees us spiritual protection but I want you to know that he can also protect us in other areas of life as well. But ultimately, we are guaranteed a sense of spiritual protection. Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is our refuge and fortress. Psalm 5 and verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. God can spread his protection over his people. God can protect us. Now, sort of the third point that I wanted to make in this sermon, I wanted to talk about confidence, I wanted to talk about peace, but I I think we need to have a sense of clarity. And this is where I wish that, if you're just listening, that you could have seen the visual that was used. It was a man, with you saw a set of hands in the slide, holding a lens. Everything around the lens was distorted. But through the lens, everything that you looked at through the lens was in focus. 
great visual clarity. Everything outside was distorted. Maybe it was the noise of the world. Maybe it was sin. Maybe it was strife. Maybe it was discord. Whatever causes that distortion. But looking through the lens provided not only a sense of focus, but a sense of clarity. And I think that we all need to have in times of trials and stress and tribulation, I believe we need to have a sense of clarity. So we read from Luke chapter 12. These words are all in red. They are the words of Jesus. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I believe it fair to say that our Savior is telling us that our treasure is in spiritual matters. Our treasure is in our investment in our future. Our treasure is in heaven. Our treasure is spiritual and not physical. Our treasure is our eternity that is protected, that we can be confident of, that we can have a huge measure of peace in regard to because he who promises is faithful. He who promises will redeem. He who promises is in ultimate control. At this juncture, I asked David Fields to come forward. And David prayed for the congregation, for the body of believers. And he prayed that we would all have a sense of clarity that we would not have our vision distorted by that which is happening around us. That we would realize that where our hearts lie, that is where our treasure is. So in summation, I showed a picture in the sermon of a tire 
sitting on the pavement. And I did so because there's an old expression, and the expression is, when the rubber hits the pavement. The rubber hits the pavement a lot of times in life when things are stressful or when things are problematic. Because the reality is it's not really all that tough or hard to have faith when things are good. It's much more difficult to have faith and to exhibit our faith and to live our faith when times are bad. You know, Jesus told his disciples, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now you can say, well, Tim... You know, you're taking that conversation that had a specific context. And I won't disagree with that. But the context still remains that the disciples were going to have trouble. They were going to live in an imperfect world. They were going to live in a fallen world. They were going to live in a world where there is sin, where there is sickness, where there is strife, where there is war, where there is conflict. At some point, they were going to do this without their Savior being with them. But Jesus wanted them to know that he was still with them. They, he wanted them to know that they could have confidence. He wanted them to know that they could face the unknown. He wanted them to know that they could persevere, that they could overcome. He wanted them to have peace. He wanted them to have a peace that surpasseth understanding. He wanted them to be confident. He wanted them to have focus with great clarity. He wanted them to know that in this world they would have trouble, but they could take heart, for he had overcome the world. The message that I want you to take from this sermon is that you may take heart. God is in control. Jesus has overcome. Have peace. Have confidence. Have spiritual clarity. None of us know exactly what will end up transpiring. We don't know, you know, we only know that God is in control that he loves us, that he has prepared a place for us, and that we are laying up our treasures where moth and rust do not destroy or corrupt. Good luck to you all. I love you all. Um, I don't say that in a, you know, a finalistic manner. I say that because it is at this juncture that we may take great solace in what our Savior says to us through his inspired word and through the teachings of Christ and and through his promises. Take heart. God is in control.